Well, Chiefs Kingdom, your Kansas City Chiefs fall to 9-3. That did not go as planned. Unfortunately, we have to talk about it today. So with that being said, welcome to the Keem Connect Podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. You're with your host and producer, Eric Lupartis, certified health and performance consultant. I hope Chiefs Kingdom is doing very well today. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, your Kansas City Chiefs fall to 9-3. They lost to the Cincinnati Bengals 24-27 in Cincinnati. The big takeaways, and I'm going to try to make this episode brief. I have a lot to watch. I got to get on the All-22 Break this game down for myself and just make myself sick. Cincinnati is just a bad matchup for us, and they just own us. We're three and zero. I mean, they're three and zero against us. Honestly, there's just no excuse for this game at all. You could have found something in the first game. You know, you blew the lead. Refs kind of, kind of played a little funkiness at the last minute. I try not to blame the game on the refs too much. The second the game was the AFC title game, and we had a complete meltdown in the second half, which was uncharacteristic of us. This game, we just flat out got beat. I mean, they mostly kept us, they kept a lead most of the game. It was frustrating. It, it really, really was frustrating. Um, and if I haven't said it, we're recording this episode today on Monday, December 5th. Definitely not a victory Monday, unfortunately. But like I said, there's no excuses. I, I think we just got beat. It, it just, the energy, I, I don't know who had the most out there, but it seemed like the winners did. Not saying the players didn't care. I do believe they care. But... Cincinnati had more energy out there. There was a lot of weird coaching decisions. You know, I, I just, I, I don't understand. It's almost like the players hesitated and the coaches hesitated too. But the biggest takeaway of this game, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to talk to talk, you have to walk to walk. I think that talking that we did, that little noise that we created, that, that Justin Reed started essentially. I think that content. I think that noise fired them up. I think they honestly. I think they's like you know what we know we beaten them twice, but they're still a top team in this league. But I think you know he saw that. I think they all saw that, and you know let's call it what it was. It, it was it was trash talk. It was arrogance. I know he apologized for it um, after the game, you know, and Andy Reid had a stern talk to him. But you just don't give teams bulletin board noise. That's why they went in there and they really felt like they had a chip on their shoulders, even though they had a 2-0. and They were 2-0 and on us already. But, you know, even though I felt like we were supposed to be the ones with the chip on our shoulders, it felt like they were the ones with the chip on their shoulders. 
Joe Burrow's a great quarterback. I, I, you know, you can't take nothing away from the dude. I dislike him just because I think he's arrogant as a, you know, as a person. I just think he has an arrogance to him. But that, you know, that's maybe Cincy fans love that, and that's their guy, you know. And he's great. He's a great quarterback. He's very talented, and he picked our defense apart. But like I said, the biggest thing is if you're going to talk the talk, you gotta you gotta walk the walk. That's just that's what it comes down to. All right, we're gonna, you know, break kind of break down the offense a little bit. Talk about you know what I saw out there. Essentially, I'm not gonna really give a stat line. If you guys want to go look up the stats, go go look them up. I normally would do the stats, but I think I want to get through this, and I think most of you guys want to probably listen to this episode and get through it as much you know as possible, quick as possible. The offensive execution was there for the most part. We put up 24 points. You know? So, it was there. There just was some plays that were critical that changed the game. Pacheco and McKinnon, they were a one-two punch. We ran the ball. Ran the ball consistently until when it mattered the most, they stopped running the ball. I understand we have the best player in the world, and I believe in Pat in so many circumstances. But I I truthfully believe when a, when 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 a team is simply rushing three at you. Rushing three. I said this in the last episode, and it happened again. It happened in the AFC title game, and it happened now. You put a three-man rush on him, and you have a spy, essentially, and, you, and you, you're you dropping eight, but one, one of the linebackers is a spy. And the three-man rush was able to get to him. But that should never happen. We shouldn't even be in that situation. We should be running the fucking ball. Pacheco and McKinnon both had 50, 60-something fucking yards. Pacheco had a rushing touchdown. And you gave up on it. Honestly, the one game that I can say that we really, the last game that I can really say we consistently ran the ball from first, from when the clock started all the way until it ended in the last final tick. Honestly, probably was the Buffalo, you know, and I could be wrong. A lot of people can come out and correct me. But the one that comes to mind was the rainy game in twenty the 2020 COVID season against the Buffalo Bills. When Clyde, we ran Clyde, Daryl Williams, and everybody all game. And they had no, they couldn't stop our offense. They couldn't stop it. Now, there's probably plenty more games after that since then. I mean, that's been two seasons already since then. I'm pretty sure there's been plenty of games where we ran the ball consistently, but that's the one that really comes to mind. I just don't understand why we abandoned it. I just don't get it. Kelsey was limited for the most part. You know, there was that rumor, there was a rumor that went out, I want to say it was like Saturday afternoon, I believe. It was either Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I believe it was Saturday afternoon 
Uh, there was a report that Kelsey and some other players and people from the facility that came down with the flu. Kelsey was pretty limited yesterday. I mean, he had a few catches. He had the bad fumble, the uncharacteristic fumble, but he was pretty much limited. And it almost makes you wonder, is like, did he really have the flu? I, I, I know a lot of people came and went on. It was like the real Kansas City Chiefs fans page. I know a lot of people went on to that and said, oh, this is fake because there was only, that was the only source that had broke it. You got on Twitter. There was nothing on Twitter. So it almost made you sound like, okay, is this even real? But it almost makes you wonder if he did. You know, when you have the flu, your body's weak. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that's what caused the fumble. I truthfully believe that he thought the ref was blowing the whistle, so he essentially kind of gave up on the play. But what the ref saw was that, hey, he was still fighting for yards. Or maybe he thought his knee was down before the ball was legitimately stripped before he stopped holding on to it. That was a momentum shift. I'm not blaming this game on Kelsey. It was a collective effort of why we lost. You can't blame the you can't blame this game on the greatest tight end who has won us so many fucking games ever. Yes, the fumble sucked. Yes, it happened at a, a, at the wrong time. Yes, was it kind of a momentum shift? But I think being who he is, I think he is allowed to. I mean, he's not above criticism. I'm not saying that. But I don't think people should be blaming the fumble on him. I think he's allowed to fumble and not have people solely pinpoint the game on him. You can criticize him for the fumble all you want. But I would not say that the game was cost because of that. It wasn't. Because I can tell you right now, the worst play, honestly, that's cost us will forever be D Ford's offsides. The worst penalty cost cost the t- this team to go to maybe Mahomes could be a two-time Super Bowl champion by this point. Like I said, the the fumble was a huge momentum shift. I don't blame this game on Kelsey though. Mahomes was dishing the ball out for the most part. I mean, he fed it to Juju, he fed it to Watson, he fed it to MVS and. You know, MVS, he's inconsistent. I will, you know, I would say there was that play. I mean, there was a lot of defenders on him, so I, I know it was kind of contested. But then he turns around and catches another one. You know, I, I'm glad Mahomes went back to him. You know, they blitzed, so it just kind of made sense to do it. You know, hey, if you're gonna blitz me, I'm just gonna throw it up in the air, and you know, MVS got it, which was a, it was an amazing play. I believe it set up the one of Pacheco. It was either Pacheco's run, it was Mahomes' Air Jordan one run. And by the way, that Air Jordan, you know, essentially touchdown, um, touchdown run. Because, I mean, he caught that. I mean, and he ran. And, I mean, he kind of got hit and kind of spun. But, I mean, he broke the plane. I mean, it was a touchdown. That would be everybody's highlight reel right now. Everybody's big highlight reel. People would be making shirts by now. Everything, me, you know, all that. If we would have won the game. It's almost kind of like the Grim Reaper thing. I mean, the Grim Reaper thing was essentially cool because we won it and it was like a, a week-long trend, but we lost the AFC title game. Un- yeah. And 
he lost the AFC title game, and it almost made that Grim Reaper shit go right, you know, right to the trash. I just, it just sucks. It does. You, you, as a fan, you just don't understand because you know you're a great team. This is a fucking great team. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, just having Mahomes in general just makes you great because you know with him you're always going to have a chance, but there are times where things just don't go your way. I think that you can be a – I saw this today, and I believe I believe Matt Verderham tweeted it out. And he even said it again. I was in one of his spaces today on Twitter, and he even said it. You know, you can – I think you can be a great team and just be simply, a you know, have a bad matchup against, you know, some opponent. You know? I, I believe that's what he said. I have to go back and look at the tweet. Um and I truthfully believe that. You know, you have to you have to you know, honestly, I I I don't want to uh, quote something that he actually didn't really say. So I'm going to go back and look at that. I believe, you know, I probably shouldn't actually go back on this because he's tweeted out so much probably since then. Oh god. Okay, this is what he said. I don't think the Bengals are a better team, but they own the Chiefs. Sounds weird, but both things can be true. That's essentially what he said. And that's pretty much along the lines of what I said. They are just a bad matchup, which means they own us. They do. They, they fucking own us. There's nothing you can say about it. We can't run away from the fact that Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. It stings. It fucking sucks. It hurts to say that. This is a great team. Anytime you have Kelsey, Mahomes, Andy Reid, <laughs> we're a great team. I, I, I refuse to believe otherwise because we've shown it before. But this team kind of gets in its way a lot of the times. And bad decisions start getting made. And poor play starts happening. And sometimes it bites you in the ass. You can get away with it with some teams. But you can't get away with it with this team. Not the Cincinnati Bengals. Not with that quarterback. Tackles will for, the the tackles will forever be an issue. Orlando Brown had a horrible game. It's like he took ten steps forward and went. He it's like he took eight steps forward and took ten steps back. Horrible game. You know, and it was he was fine in the run game. The run run blocking was awesome. I'm meaning pass blocking. Now some of the times Mahomes was holding onto the ball too you know too much. Should have got it out to the flats. The flats were open all fucking day. But the tackles are still an issue when it comes to the most part with press protection. Wiley, obviously, Wiley had a bad game. You know, and I, I pinpoint Orlando because I was an advocate for him. I really, really had high hope for him, high hopes for him in, coming into the season. He struggled most of the beginning of the season. He started picking things up, 
And then now he's kind of, you know, showing this. And this is like earlier in the year gameplay. But like I said, on the run, the run blocking, I mean, he was burying Sam Hubbard to the ground. The run block, the run blocking is not bad. Now, could it possibly be because Joe Tuning wasn't there? I'm not saying Allegretti's not a bad backup. He's not. He's a serviceable backup, but he's not Joe Tooney. And there's a lot of things that Joe Tooney can do to help um, Orlando and clean up some things. Although Orlando, you're supposed to be a start. You're supposed to be a, a, a top left tackle. You're supposed to be playing like one. So you got to be able to handle some things on your own when it comes to pass protection. And again, we let a three-man rush beat us. And they they got to Mahomes. That should never happen. Brown got beat miserably on that play. Miserably. I don't know, man. Maybe we draft somebody next year. I joke with my my buddies all the time. I keep saying we need to draft Kansas' left tackle, Earl, Earl Bostick Jr. You know, he's literally, literally athletic left tackle, what Orlando Brown should be. Now, he's not as tall, so that almost makes me wonder. He's like he's 6'6". He could still get – he. I mean, well, Fisher, Fisher was about 6'6", right around there. So Fisher was pretty tall. But uh, let me see how much Eric Fisher was. And by the way, he actually signed uh, with – who did he just sign with? He signed with the Miami Dolphins. That's right. Let me see how tall he is real quick. He's 6'7". So I believe Earl Bostick is like coming at 6'6", 6'7". So he, you know, he could play out in space. Not saying we're going to draft him. That's just the guy that I would love to draft. Um, but right tackle, you have Kennard and Niang. I think those are going to be the two guys battling for that spot next year. And they're just going to kind of see how it goes. This We needed to feed Sky more a lot. I know that Mahomes was dishing the ball out for the most part, but that one jet sweep that he had, and it worked. It was so nice. And Sky Moore was invisible pretty much the rest of the game. <sighs> that pretty much sums up the offense. I mean, Mahomes, you can't Mahomes had a decent game. I mean, he's it's not, you know, up to his major standards. Like I said, the the Air Jordan play was amazing and would have been even more amazing if we would have won the game. Um, but he had a passing touchdown, he had a rushing touchdown. Um, you know, Juju caught some passes. It was nice to see him out there, but you know, he got hurt again. I, I can't remember. I think he came back out. I want to say he came back out for a couple more plays. I could be 100% wrong. Um, but I do. I believe I remember saying, okay, it's nice to see Juju back out there. But he really wasn't playing that much, or he really wasn't a factor. But then again, they limited our offensive opportunities. And honestly, if you're going to beat Mahomes, that's what you got to do. You got to keep him on the bench. Just keep him on the bench. Limit his offensive opportunities. <laughs> That's just what it is. And I think we only had three offensive drives in the second half. Or last, maybe, yes. I don't think that's right. Not the second half. I want to say that's fourth quarter. I don't know. I have, Like I said, I haven't went back and actually watched the game. I'm going to watch the All-22. I mean, I saw some highlights of it again, like some plays, just whatever I saw on Twitter. 
Um, but I believe we only had three drives in the fourth quarter. And then, you know what? And if it was a second half in the entirety, I, I'm i not surprised because they limited us. That's just what it was. All right, let's get on to the defense. Biggest thing is bad tackling. Bad tackling. I, I just, I, I don't understand. And it's, it's, it, tackling's an effort thing. It is. It's, it's always going to be an effort thing. And I'm not saying that they're not trying. They're just not executing. And there are some times where they aren't trying. It's just a lot of missed tackles, a lot of hesitations. It just, I don't know if they need to hire a tackling coach or they just need to work, you know, work on it more. I, I don't know. They they can't, I know you can't tackle. Um, Sorry if you guys heard that noise. Um, I know you guys can't, we can't, they can't tackle like that in practice. But they need to have like, I don't know, tackling bags or dummies that move. I'm sure they do, but they need more. I know they do the rings and stuff, the big rings that helps on form tackling, but I don't know. I just I just personally think the tackling's just the tackling's just not there. Tackling is just not there. No pass rush, zero pressure. Joe Burrow had all day in the pocket. All fucking day. I mean, matter of fact, he could have literally, he could have literally got a lawn chair out, put some sunglasses on, smoked a few cigars like he always does, and got back up and made a pass. He had all fucking day. I don't understand how a team, I the team that gives up the third most sacks in the league, and we can't get a lick. We can't get a lick. I I just don't get it. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know if it's scheme. I I, I don't know what they're telling these D linemen how they're supposed to penetrate the gap. I I don't understand. Shoot the gaps and penetrate the block. I don't I don't understand. I just don't get it. If just if Justin Houston, if Chris Jones. If Chris Jones doesn't have an amazing game, if he's not on his shit, that whole defensive line, they go to bed. They're non-existent. Last play, I, I it looked like Dana Dana hesitated. I rewatched a different angle. Um, he got hooked. He got hooked a little bit, so it, you know it changed his direction. Gave Burrow just maybe an extra millisecond that was what he needed that doesn't happen Dana gets that sack I believe one guy that actually shot the gap and got there but there was one play where he got bullied back on a first and 10 and he was inside and I didn't understand that Dana should never be inside on first and 10 never inside on first and 10 I, that should never happen. He is a pass rusher on he is a he is an inside guy on third and third and ten, but not first and ten. You don't do that. 
He's a pass. He's an inside pass rusher. When you want to move him around at that at that moment, when you're trying to go NASCAR, but it wasn't working. The blitz was abysmal. It couldn't get there either. Sneed. I don't even know how many times you sent Sneed, but guess what? When you're gonna send a slot blitz all the time, great quarterbacks understand that shit. You know why? Because that's how you call defenses when you're looking at that nickel. If he's gonna if he's gonna do something like that, some quarterbacks don't see it. Like Tom Brady didn't see it that one time when it was kind of, you know, came out of nowhere, but it was almost like a I don't wanna say blindside, but you know, he didn't see it coming. But and most quarterbacks will audible out of that and they will throw it to the hot route. Sneed couldn't get there. No one could get there. You send eight, couldn't get it. They beat you on it. You send seven, didn't matter. You rushed four, didn't matter. Burrow had all day. Ran a lot of cover four, cover two. What did I say? No zone. We need to run man underneath. You could have kept her too deep. But run man underneath. I understand. You know, they did for the most part. They did. They had some man. They had some man concepts, but they started running a lot of zone, which was bringing the linebackers up way too much because they were biting on play action, and you had, and then you had your safeties playing way too far back, and so you have your little bit, you know, deep crossers, so like kind of like a deep third essentially. You know, not like, I want to say a shallow cross, maybe kind of a shallow, eh, probably a little bit more over a shallow cross, but they were dishing it over the linebackers. I know Willie Gay had that one swat, but I I don't know. Our our linebackers were hesitant for the most part. They bit on play action. Uh, Like I said, Willie Gay had a nice block and, you know, Nick Bolton had his normal high tackling game, but... He was hesitant on some plays. I didn't understand. That's not typically what we see from him. He does not play hesitant at all. It's just like this whole team just played hesitant in general. You know, I Nick Bolton's flashy at times, you know, with the clutch, you know, clutch plays, but he's really just a great tackler, good field general for the most part. Willie Gay's, you know, he's an athletic freak. But sometimes you're just wondering, where the hell is he? You know, you know, where, where is where is he at? It's not every game. There's games where you're just like, damn, Willie's all over the place. But there be games sometimes where it's like, damn, Willie, where are you at? But I'm going to go look at the All-22. Sure, I'll see a lot of things that will correct what I'm saying right now. Our cornerbacks are good. McDuffie's good. He held, you know, his guys for the most part. Used the sideline to his advantage. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I do not mean to yawn. I have an issue with when I'm talking consistently. I tend to yawn, and I've had a long, long day in general. Um, I guess my girlfriend listens, listens to this podcast every now and then. I didn't know that until she told me about a few days ago. And she said every time she listens, because she works from home, uh, every time she listens and I yawn, it makes her yawn. So if I make any of you guys yawn on this episode when I'm yawning, 
I apologize. Don't mean to do that. But like I said, our cornerbacks are good. McDuffie's good. Joshua Williams is going to be fine. I know he tweeted and he felt like everything was on him. He's going to be fine. Joshua Williams is going to be a good cornerback in this league. I'm not mad at our corners. Our corners are fine. I know Snead couldn't get really the blitz, but he's fine. He's a really good. Ta he's a great tackler. He he knows. He's a really smart player. Our corners are great. Our safeties, man. I I just I just don't get it. I mean, I read this thread today about Steve Spagnolo, and I think I'm gonna read. I think I'm gonna read the thread out because I it was really really good, uh, tweet. Um. After I get done with the talking about special teams in general. Our safeties, man, are just... I just don't understand. They're just not good. I had high hopes for Justin Reed. He's just... He just had a bad season. He's just not having a good season. And I, I don't know if that's just being new to the team, new to the scheme, just trying to get a feel for everything. He tries. He tries. He runs up and tries, but he misses tackles. He got stiffed really bad last night by P. Ryan. It was bad. I just... I think... I don't know I don't know if it's what they're asking them to do. Juan Thornhill, he's not going to get re-signed. Him and his... Him and his... I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just the injury that he had. He's just not he just doesn't play the way you thought he was going to play, you know? He just he, he misses tackles, he's missed a lot of tackles. So is Justin Reed. He can't play in space. I thought maybe try him close to the line of scrimmage, see what that happens, and maybe play Justin Reed more in space because I always thought he was a deep, better deep safety. But they're, I think they're asking Justin Reed to do too much. I think they're, I think they're trying to throw so much on his plate right now. When I think that, hey, I get. Spags likes to disguise his coverages. He likes to throw guys in a whole bunch of different spots. But, dude, sometimes it's just easy when you let guys just learn one position and one position only. Just You know, I think that's probably what it is. I think he's just getting asked to do a lot. So it, it just feels like it's not fair in ways. But I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not above criticism. He's the one who did the smack talking. He's the one who wrote the check and that the team could not cash. And they're paying him some good they're paying him a good amount of money and I hate to say it a lot of Chiefs Kingdom probably does not want to hear this. And as bad as they're doing and he's still not all world like he used to be I think that his last year his last best years were 19 and 20 the, the two Super Bowl runs Tyron Matthews having a better season than Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed 
I'm not going to put nothing on the rookie Brian Cook because you're only going to see him in certain spots, and he's a rookie. He's he's young. He's still got a lot to learn about the league. But Juan and Juan and Justin are veterans. They've they've seen they've seen so they played in so many games already. So it sucks when you see two veteran safeties not playing the way you want them to play. And it's and I hate to say I hate to sound like an entitled fan. I hate to sound like a spoiled fan. I don't want to sound like that at all. But we have came we have we we as a Chiefs kingdom, we as a fan base have came from great safeties. Tyron Matthew was a great defensive back, safety, whatever you want to call him. The first two years he was with us. And Eric Berry was great in his time. And, you know, I know he, he kind of started, he honestly wasn't really good in his later years. But Jerome, Jerome Woods, he was our longtime safety. Longtime safety. So I think as a as a fan base, I think we've been kind of spoiled with having, you know, safety, good safety play. And now it's been what it was. Corners are great. Safeties are just question. They're a question mark. They could not handle 183 and 85 out there. They just couldn't. McDuffie held his own for the most part, who he was covering. But 183 and 85, the trio, three amigos, whatever they call them over there, Cincinnati, they had they had their thing. They did their thing. Some of the Spags decisions I just don't understand. You know, I just I just don't get it. The receivers wanted to play physical. They wanted to, some of them wanted to push off or be a little bit more physical, trying to create separation essentially. I think you need to retaliate with that and play more man, but you were switching to zone and they were getting eaten up. You ran man in certain spots, but you were getting eaten up in the zone. I hate zone. I just don't understand some of Spagnuolo's decision-making sometimes. I just, I'm, I'm going to read this thread real quick. Like I said, I wanted to read it out. Um, See if I can find it real quick. Oh, by the way, Orlando Brown has allowed 39 pressures. Andrew Wiley has allowed 37 this year. Shitty. And I'm gonna try. I I wasn't gonna try to read quotes out because I you know I'm sure you can get on Twitter and look at them up, look them up if you want. But Cincinnati, they they have every right to spot, speak, and it sucks as they're saying all this shit, but. They're saying it. Cornerback Mike Hilton, they did a lot of talking all week, but we're 3-0 in the same year against them. They are. They've beaten us three times this year in this calendar year. I got a lot I can say, but 3-0 in the same calendar year tells the story. We'll probably see them again in the playoffs, and they know they got to play us. That's, That's the truth. When you're... 0-3 against a team, it's not them having to play you. It's you having to play them. I hate to say this. 
the other 30 teams, they have to play us. The Cincinnati's that one team that we have to play them. It's it's so fucking funny. It's almost like, but this never happened on a consistent basis. So I don't so I don't want to con, uh, compare it so much. But it's almost kind of like when we would get wins over the Patriots, even though you knew they were the better team, anyways, because they would turn around and win the Super Bowl that year. Like I think a lot of people, for the most part, think okay, they would. Some people, I I would hope that a lot of people would take Mahomes over Burrow any day of the week, but I. A lot of fans probably won't. A lot of fans probably would love to have Burrow as their quarterback over Mahomes. And the only reason why I'm, you know, I'm getting at this is because you know it they they beat us three times in the same calendar year and that's just what it is. They're just a bad matchup. I, I don't I don't know how much more I can explain it. They just are. All right. Well, here's the thread. All right. So here's a fun and angry thread about uh, me on things Steve Spagnuolo has done since he became the defensive coordinator in Kansas City. Let me just check out my time see where I'm at. Okay. Sorry about that, Chiefs Kingdom. Let me go right back to the thread. I want to start by saying that KC had the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL in Bob Sutton, and they replaced him with someone who has just set the record with New Orleans as having the worst defense of all time. In fact, one Saints player claimed he was a control freak and had zero personality. Again, the worst defense in NFL history with New Orleans, and KC hired him. Generally competent safety Juan Thornhill, which I kind of disagree with. He's not competent, at least not now or anymore, what he was, I guess. Was benched for no reason for half the year last season in favor of a Spags guy in quotations, Daniel Sorensen, which I did not agree with. We all knew how we felt about Sorensen. Sorensen had a perfect QB rating against him. If you're reading this, you may remember Sorensen. But there was some things coming out saying, hey, maybe there was a reason why Sorensen was playing a lot over Juan Thornhill. And a lot of it could have been maybe what we've been seeing from him. I don't know. There's just a lot. The the meme was fuck it Tyreek down there somewhere and opposing teams made a version called fuck it Sorensen down there somewhere and they threw it to him all season for to perfection. Against the Titans, their third uh, string left tackle known as the worst tackle in football, Bobby Hart, went in and in parentheses he says watch how he played on Thursday for Buffalo, against Buffalo I think he's what he was trying to say. Spags defense got zero pressure on him and zero loss against the worst tack- left tackle in football right now. A great, I'm assuming that's graded wise, probably PFF. The Bengals O line was so bad that they let up at least six sacks in nearly ten straight games. My numbers might be a bit off, but that's my estimate. Spags defense got nothing on them. It's the truth. In the AFC 
championship game, Spagnola put Sorensen on a receiver and got burnt for a touchdown. I remember that play. He then put him in the same coverage for the following two-point conversion, giving Sorensen the opposite of the octopus. In the divisional game, Gabe Davis, who was wide receiver four at the time, got four touchdowns and over 200 yards receiving. When Spags was asked what happened, he admitted he literally had no plan of what happened if Tyron Matthew got injured. Which I can understand that in essence. Like, you don't expect your best defensive back out there to have be having, you know, to be hurt. You need him out there. He's the he was the D the basically the DB general. Spagnolo does this thing when he gets nervous and sends a slot blitz, which is basically sending Snead a lot. He also telegraphs it so hard that any competent QB like Joe Burrow, like I mentioned early earlier, audibles to a hot route out of it. Like I said, this is how the Bills won the regular season game. And you go back and look at that game. How many times did how many times did uh, Josh Allen dump it out to the flat? How many times did he do that? A lot. How many times did Joe Burrow audible and just P Ryan, P Ryan, P Ryan, P Ryan, P Ryan? All the time. Or whatever the other backs were, whoever the receiving backs were. It just It's frustrating. Alright, more on this. Spagnolo thought Ben Neiman Ben Neiman should be a coverage linebacker. Yeah. It's true. This year, the KC defense got completely big-timed by the 2022 Raiders offensive line. That sentence might not seem too bad, but do a deep dive on that line, and you'll realize how absurd it is. If you keep a team under 27 points, Mahomes' win percentage is something absurd, and I won't even look at look up because I'll lose my mind, but if you want to, go for it. Last season against the Bengals, Spags did a zero blitz against them on 3rd and 27, and I mentioned that in the preview episode. Left chase, single covered, and that was basically the game right there. Zero blitz, single man coverage, third and 27th. We did a couple zero blitzes last night, and it pissed me the fuck off. Got away almost. Oh, my goodness. Every season, some pundit says Spag's defense takes time to learn, and mostly the same players from the prior season are still running around pre-snap yelling at each other. Pre-snap yelling at each other. Sorry about that. And that's the truth. I mean, you saw a lot of guys running around not knowing where they were at. Last line is fire this man into the sun. That was that thread about Steve Spagnuolo. Um, Me personally... I earlier said I was, I think I tweeted out, said I think I was on the fire Spags train. Here's the thing. Spagnolo, what he asks, I don't know what he asks of a lot of his guys in certain circumstances. You know, I don't know if there was any adjustments made. And in totality, most of the year, Spags has called pretty decent games. But there were a lot of games we got away with playing not-so-good quarterbacks, like last week against the Rams, playing against a, uh, uh, whatever his name was again. i not trying to disrespect a man, but I can't remember the quarterback. It was like Bryce Walker, I think. I could be wrong. 
Um, you can't. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, I've been calling great games against these non-competent quarterbacks. And for the most part, you know, I think we, you know, we, in the Buffalo game, we held them in check. And they called a really great game in the Tampa game. But, you know, it's just, you feel like when you've been losing the same team and now three times and it's like, what are you not getting? What is not working? It almost makes you wonder, is it just this team? Is the scheme just not good against this offense? I mean, Spaz compares them all the time to... Um, Spaz compares them all the time to... Um, oh, Tom Brady. And, you know, I can, I can see why. And I think it's mainly because the pocket presence, nothing too crazy, but... Joe Burrow's a talented quarterback, probably right now, probably top three, top five. I mean, I I guess I really haven't been watching so much of him, but I said he was top seven in, in the preview episode. I guess I still somewhat stand by that, but if you want to, you know, bump him up a little higher, you know, you can. I think any competent person will probably still say Mahomes is way better. I think Joe Burrow knows Mahomes is way more talented than him. But that doesn't matter. They don't think about those things. They think about preparing their team and trying to get the win is what we should have did. I That was the first time I really saw Mahomes slam his helmet down. You know, you've been seeing other quarterbacks do that. You've seen Burrow do it. You've seen Josh Allen do it. You've seen Tom Brady do it. Seen Lamar Jackson do it. You've seen a lot of quarterbacks do it. I've never seen, you know, I, and I'm sure he's done it plenty of times. I'm sure maybe just when the camera wasn't looking. It, you know, you just you don't like seeing things like that because you can just tell the the frustration and how pissed he was. And can you blame him? We were all pissed. You know, he's probably, like, thinking in his head, when the fuck am I going to get an all-star defense? When the fuck am I going to get an all-star defense? I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever have an all-star defense like we did in the 90s. I, I just I just don't get it. Special teams. If anyone that I think needs to be in question right now is Dave Tobe. And I, and I have been... I know that Dave Tobe's a great special teams coach. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I think a lot of teams would love to hire him. I don't know if it's a turnover on special teams, but they're just they're just not good. They're just not a good unit. They're just not. I mean, Bucker missed that field goal. That was a that was a that was fucked. That was messed up and I was pretty much the, when when uh, Andy decided to kick the ball, which was one one I, decision I didn't make, and I know Pat was pissed because it was missed, and I don't think he was pissed. I don't know if he was mad. I, I'm sure deep down he's probably really pissed at Bucker, but at the same time he probably was like, "God damn it! Like I could have gotten it. I could have gotten us that you know that five yards. Why did you kick it?" And Andy probably was like, "You know what?" I expect my kicker, my my top kicker to kick that and make that as we all do, but Bucker's let's call it what it is. Bucker's been bad this season. 
And I, it's just really with the inconsistencies in field goal kicks. You know, it's the inconsistencies. I You can't be a great kicker and be inconsistent in this league. Now, I still think he's a top kicker. I'm not saying that he's not. But he's not been playing the greatest season so far. And maybe he's just, maybe Dave Tobe was right. Maybe he's not 100% healthy. Maybe he won't be this all season. I don't know. Spagnolo needs to readjust how he thinks on his defense. I don't think that will ever happen. So I would just I don't know what his contract looks like. If it's like do it's if it's like expired, I personally wouldn't bring him back. And I just let him walk, let him walk away. You know, nothing too crazy. He may want to try to still head coach if he can. I don't know what his, you know, what he wants, but I don't know if I can really do with the the whole 4-3 anymore. It's almost like you have to switch to like a we we may have to go to like a 3-4. I you know, I want speed edge rushers. I want outside linebackers again. You know, I'm I'm just I'm tired of you know, I'm tired of, you know, it's just we're not getting the pressure's not getting there. I don't know what it is. So if it's scheme, then you're gonna have to maybe let him go. You know, if it's you know if it's personnel, I know he can't really help a lot, but you know you asked you asked for George Karloftis, and I have high hopes for him. I think he's gonna be a talented player moving forward. He has a lot of room to grow, but he only has that. He only has two and a half sacks on the year. He got that one sack at the the end, uh, and that was pretty much kind of thanks to Bro for falling down, which kind of messed messed up play on him. But I don't know. It just it's just been bad. I don't know. There's, the whole game in general just was not good. I know it left a sour taste in all of our mouths. All right, I want to talk about the morals. Really, you know, big morals of this this game in general. Or just kind of the aftermath, really on Twitter mostly, because I feel like after we lost, you know, Twitter explodes, especially Chiefs Twitter. Look, I will voice my frustration about a player. I will. I will have my criticism. But the last, but I will never tweet at a player. I will never comment under a player and come at a player in any negative way, because I don't believe in that. I think you could have criticism as a as a person who watches the game as a fan. I think you have that right. You can voice your opinions, but I don't think you actually have to go and voice it to them personally, tweet at them. I think that's fucked up. You got you got guys who are trying to have plat who got you know who have platforms and I feel like they may be abusing it a little bit and they're coming at players in a negative way. You know, it just you shouldn't be doing that. You know, I get it. It's frustrating to see. You want it. You want them to play better. You know, the one thing I just don't don't agree with. Don't say players don't care. Never say that. That's almost kind of you know disrespectful. Players care. They will always care. Have you never played sports growing up? Did you? You mean to tell me that you never cared? That sticks. That stays. That that never goes away. 
that that care that that dry that careness for the game that careness of, uh, about winning and losing that 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 never goes away no matter how much millions of dollars that you put in these guys pockets no matter how you know best treatments that they get and you know the power that they have you know it's These players care. Let's just put it that way. They care. They care. So you just don't say that. It sticks with them. It sticks with them from Little League all the way into their pros. They make it that far. Now, lack of execution, poor effort on some plays, made it feel like it, made it feel like they didn't care. But trust me, players care. You know, you have Colin Saunders, Juan Thornhill, guys on Twitter trying to, def- you know, defend themselves. I get it. I get it. You want to, you know, you you are a person. You have every right. But we we said goodbye to, a, let's call it, you know, call it what it was. Tyron Matthews is a great player overall, you know, looking at the totality of the body of work. He's gonna be a ba- he's gonna be first bout Hall of Famer. You can't say he won't. He's Super Bowl champion. You know he's a, a deck all decade team, won multiple All Pros, team MVPs. He's done so much in communities, led led defenses, multiple teams. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But we said goodbye to him last year and i'm sure a lot of it was the semantics that he had on twitter because he constantly fought with fans and fans and burner accounts daily and then was like dude tyrant quit bro like quit quit feeding into this quit i understand you feel like you have to defend the team you feel like you have to defend you know yourself you feel like you know hey we've been in the super bowl two years in a row and i will admit there are a lot of fan bases there are a lot of fans out there that act spoiled that act spoiled rotten and they they think players play need to play perfect every game that's i that's not reality so you can't expect that but don't come at the players like that. That's so wrong. So wrong. I I've never believed in that. I you know, if you want to inter- if I ever interact with any professionals or people who have the 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 check mark, the, like a, the official check mark, not the the blue Twitter or the Twitter blue check mark. You know, I believe, you know, interacting with them, you know, asking them questions, you know, getting their opinion, being positive towards them. Like, I tweeted at Joshua Williams after he said this game's on me. I said, no, it's not, bro. Keep your head up. You're going to be good. You're going to be great moving forward. That's that's a positive note. I But I can sit here and say that, man, you know, jo, jo, you know, Josh Williams got, you know, he got, you know, manhandled a little bit by Chase in some moments. Doesn't mean that I don't want the kid to have success. So tweeting at players in any negative way is just, it's just not, it's just not cool. It's not me. I'm not about it. You know, 
they're players, they're human beings, they're playing for our entertainment at the end of the day. Now, we have we are on Denver. I think I want to be done talking about this game. I've been going over about an hour right now. Went over time. Did not want to talk this long. I thought it was going to be a short um, episode, but <sighs> it stings. This fucking stings. It does. As a fan, I'll be the first to admit that. You know, I. I I didn't ever think it was going to happen. I didn't think we were going to lose. I I thought, you know, hey, great teams don't lose like that. But Cincinnati's for real. At least to us, they are. Towards everybody else, that may be a question at times. But towards us, they put on their A games for us. And that's just what it is. And they come out on top. They've only beaten us by three points in every game, but they come out on top every single time. All right, Chiefs Kingdom. I think that's enough talking for the night. We're going to go ahead and uh, call it an episode. If you guys have any questions, mailbag questions, please DM me. Been asking that forever. DM me. Shoot me a DM on my Twitter if you want to. That's how you guys are going to get to me. You guys aren't emailing the email, so... Doesn't matter. I've been, you know, asking guys to shoot Kingdom Connect uh, 15, and I will go just check just in case to see if maybe, just maybe, someone sent something. And doubt it. So please send mailbag questions. Kingdom Connect 15, K-I-N-G-D-O-M, Connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, 1-5, at gmail.com. Send your mailbag questions. You guys can also DM me if you guys want. I want you guys to go ahead and give this podcast a you know, rate, review, like it, follow it on all platforms, your audio platforms. Some people have been asking me, why aren't you on YouTube? Guys, I have I have a busy life. I can't get on YouTube like that. I don't have anybody that can edit that shit. I don't want to put in the time to do that shit. I think audio's cool for now. You know, maybe if someone wants to help me out with it one day, you know, maybe we can work on something. But I think for now we're gonna stick to audio. So you can listen and follow on all your audio platforms, your podcast platforms. Please like, rate, review, share it on everything. Uh, Keenum Connect. And um, you guys can give me a follow at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. Uh, same for Twitter and Instagram. And then you can follow the podcast at Keenum Connect on Instagram. Well, Chiefs Kingdom, hope you guys have a better day. And try to have a better week. I'll get the preview episode or preview episode of the Denver Broncos game coming up here in the next coming days. Just remember, we're only nine and three. We're still a great team. As frustrating as it is, I love where we're at and what you know what we can do. And when you have one five, everything can be great. So Chiefs Kingdom. With that being said, the connect is always real.